Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up, two o'clock on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambadoro. Burnsy, what's going on? Happy Kevin Durant Day. Uh, it's three weeks to the day since he's been traded. Three weeks. Three weeks ago today they traded for Kevin Durant. That's right, it was. It was, it was three weeks it was ago today. Wednesday night. I was asleep. Yeah. <laughs> was, so, so was I. I was dead so asleep. Was I. I woke up the next morning. What the hell did I miss? Yep. What is going on yep, here? The sun's got Kevin Durant. Three weeks. Like a thief in the night, in the, in the middle of the night. It's been three weeks. It's been three weeks. That's why it's like... So highly anticipated. We've been waiting forever. We said it yesterday. Mikael Bridges has played in, I don't know if the Nets played last night. They did. He had 31. Yeah. Mikael, and they lost, right? Yeah, they lost. Yeah. Mikael Bridges has played in six basketball games for the Nets. Six. Now, Kevin Durant hasn't played yet. Listen, it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. I mean, it really will. I, I can't imagine that it's not going to be just freaking awesome. Now, it, you know, maybe it, you know, I think it'll get better, obviously, as he gets more yeah. accustomed to everybody. It'll be limited minutes, but I mean, you got one of the greatest players that's ever played the game suiting up for the Phoenix Suns tonight. I mean, how can it be bad? Like, how can it be bad? It doesn't seem like it could be. Uh, let's not beat around the bush. It's obviously our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. I don't have, like, an expectation um, other than us playing hard, executing, and doing everything we can to win the game. As far as integrating Kevin, I think there's going to be times where there may be hiccups or things like that, but that happens in a normal game, so I, I don't think that's something that's that should be surprising. Monty Williams, that sound via the Phoenix Suns and their social media challenges, or, or uh, channels I should say, the challenges of integrating Kevin Durant into the system. Tonight, they're in Charlotte. They're taking on the Hornets, a team without LaMelo Ball, but a team that's won five straight games. It's a game that you'll hear at 5 o'clock. You will hear it right here. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, so just keep it right here. We'll end our show a little early tonight. We'll be done at about uh, 4.30. The game starts at 5 o'clock. You will not miss a minute of Kevin Durant's debut with the Suns starting yeah. at 5 o'clock tonight. Yeah. Yeah, listen, this Charlotte team, you're right, they played well. Rozier's playing well. Gordon Hayward has played well. They've got Kelly Oubre, the former son. Uh, they've got a rookie center that's doing a good job. Um, so they have played pretty good basketball. But this Phoenix Suns team, as much as everybody's looking for Kevin Durant, man, everybody on that team wants to play well because they're playing with Kevin Durant. Everybody's going to be jacked up. I, you know, I expect the Phoenix Suns to come out, play a really good, sound basketball game. Can't wait to see what KD does. Just, you know, get accustomed to playing with these guys. But they're all going to be excited. Like, you know, it's it's an exciting time for those players to get to play with Kevin Durant. You know, this is truly one of the greatest players that's ever played the game. So the, the wins, the wins will come. You know, right now the Suns are a four seed. Yes. Because the Clippers lost again. Again. So the Suns are a four seed. Golden State's the five seed. Uh, but that's where they are. Can they get to three? They've got two games left against Sacramento. And that's the team that they're chasing to get to third. You'd love to get there and avoid that avoid that four or five that's game. team that has won four straight, by the way, as well. They the have Kings, won four straight. They did it without De'Aaron Fox last night, They too. did. But look at their schedule coming up. Ooh, man, it is brutal. Oh, is they it? have okay, a brutal yeah. schedule okay. coming up, man. I don't, not a lot of winnable games, I don't think. But we'll, we'll see. They played extremely well. But this is the night we have all been anticipating. 
anticipating and waiting for. Kevin Durant's going to put on his son's uniform. He's going to take the court. And he's going to play basketball for the Phoenix Suns. You took a picture of uh, one of Danny, our Danny. website writers, yeah. Danny, out there wearing his, his Kevin Durant uh, turquoise jersey out there. He's rocking it. If you haven't already tweeted it out, I imagine you're about to, right? Because they're, they're, the number, I was at Coffee Place this morning. Yeah. One, two, three Suns jerseys or Suns shirts I saw when I was walking in there. I mean, it's, yeah, we're all very, very ready for this. I'm going to do this now. Eric, how about a poll? How many of you are leaving work early to watch the game today? <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm curious. How you many like a little roll call or something. How many people are going to just leave work early? Like if you get off at five, you're going to leave at four. You know, so you may, so you because you want to watch it. I mean, this is, you know, this this is what the talk of the water cooler is. I mean, I went to my gym to work out this morning, and everybody was talking about it. Yeah. I mean, it's Kevin Durant's playing for the Suns tonight. You know, people are very excited about this. They want to see how it's going to look. So I think I think there's going to be a, a great audience on our radio and on television for tonight's game. We've got a segment later on in the show kind of dedicated to what happened in the NBA last night. So, you know, I don't want to get too much into some of the things that happened, but we have seen, just generally speaking, some rocky times for some of these teams that made these major changes, right? Russell Westbrook joining the LA Clippers. So far, they haven't won a game. Kyrie Irving you joining deal the, with the Devils, Mavericks, you know? right? I, well, yeah, J- Kyrie Irving with the Mavs. They've lost four of the five games those two guys have played together. And again, we'll get into more to specifics about that later, but it is I, I don't I don't think the same thing applies here, but I'm also certainly willing to concede that this is going to take a few games to kind of figure out, and there are going to be a couple of rough patches, and it's going to take Monty a while to figure out rotations and, and who's playing with who, and, and in particular, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, and how those four in particular distribute the basketball, shoot the basketball, how selfish or selfless are they out there? These are all the things that we won't know until we see it, and I wouldn't be surprised if it takes a few games to kind okay, of so let me figure ask you out the rhythm. Would you be surprised if they come out of the gates today and like gangbusters and they just clobber Charlotte by 20 I, and they I, play great? I wouldn't be surprised by that. I but, wouldn't be surprised by I, that either. But, but that also speaks a little bit to Charlotte. And I, I get it. They've won five straight games, but they're without their best player. And I think there's going to be a lot of adrenaline flowing for the Phoenix Suns to the point where I even saw a comment like Kelly Oubre Jr. There was a one on one that Dwayne Rankin of AZ Central did with him. I didn't send it to you because I saw it right before the show in which Oubre almost took it like personally. Oh, Okay, Durant's gonna you gonna make your debut against us. Okay, fine, cool, yeah, whatever. But but I think the Suns are gonna be. Like, what do you like? I like Kelly Oubre. What are you gonna do about it? Right. Like, what are you what, prepared what are you to prepared do? To do? Yeah. Nothing you could do. Then what are you prepared to do? Yeah. What are you gonna do about it? I, I I just think the level of energy. You know how like we come in here, we do a show. And a day like today or a day where we've got you know big news. Think about the day the Suns acquired Kevin Durant. Okay, Think about that day we did that show. The energy we had, that show felt like it was 10 minutes long, man. It was just we were – it was so easy to pour everything we had into that show because we were so excited about it. I think you're going to see something similar tonight of the Suns. I wouldn't be surprised if they blew the door. Yeah, listen, off of I Charlotte wouldn't be surprised tonight. if Charlotte raises their level too, like what Kelly Oubre said. They're going to raise their level of play. That's why I think it could be you know it could be pretty special. Tonight, you know, but I, you know, I'm I'm interested to see how we're going to dissect this game and talk about it tomorrow because, like, right now, I don't know. I have to, you know, I have to see the game. But like, 
Like, we're going to spend a lot of time tomorrow talking about Kevin Durant's debut. It's going to be interesting to find the angles in tonight's game to talk about. Yeah, uh, here's more Monty on Durant's potential debut. There's excitement. There's all the stuff that goes with it. But for me, it's, you know, allowing him to blend and figure out, you know, things we do, but also learn from him um, based on his skill set, experience, and um, IQ of the game. You know, I, I think it's a great opportunity for us to, to grow, and the most important thing is to win the game. And then, of course, there's the details. There's the minutes. There's the points. There's the rotations. There's the, you know, all of that little stuff. You talk about angles for tomorrow. I certainly think that'll be a major angle. How much did he play? How much you brought this up yesterday? How much does he need to play tonight? You know, like in my mind, I'm thinking he plays tonight. He probably doesn't play on Friday because that's been kind of the organization's mo when it comes to guys coming back from injury. But if you are able to absolutely blow out Charlotte tonight, you might be able to play him on Friday if you're able to limit his minutes tonight potentially. Don't know. We'll see. I don't know. We have James Jones on the show today, so we'll talk about that, the management, right? Because they did it with Paul. They did it with Book, right? They gave those guys days off. So when James Jones comes on, you know, it's definitely a question to ask. Like, you know, what is the plan for him going forward? He's probably not going to play in all, what's it, 22 games left? 20. 20, 20 games left. Exactly. Why do you think 22? I don't, I 20 think, games I think left. Exactly 20. I'll look just to be yeah, sure. 20 games left. Why, you know, what, what is the plan? I mean, is he going to play in 15, 16, the back to backs? Is he going to go? Usually, James was always a guy, if you're available to play, you're available to play, and we're going to play you. But with guys coming off of injuries like they've had, well, that changes a little bit this year. That has, you know what? It's funny because that has always been the James Jones philosophy. 100%. That has changed this year. 100%. That is very, that is very yeah. much changed this year. That is not, that is not, we are used to, if you're available, you're available. Not so much this year. But a lot of his philosophies changed this year. His philosophy was, we're not going to be better than teams, you know, one, two, or one, two, and three. So we're going to beat your four through 10. We're going to have better players. Yeah. We're going to build our bench. We're going to have the best fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh guy. That changed. Because now they're so top heavy with four guys making all the money that they're, you know, their depth, they can't spend the money on their depth the way they do on there because the top four guys are all making a tremendous amount of cash. Yeah. So, uh, again, 5 o'clock tip time. You'll hear it right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We are very excited, obviously, about it around here. We're sure you are, too. And go to our social media channels, uh, Burns and Gambo on Twitter. If you want to vote, we got a couple of Kevin Durant polls. We'll reveal them at 2.30 coming up here on Burns and Gambo. When we come back, the other top story of the day came down this morning, and it came down from Indianapolis. And it's not great. About a potential Cardinals prospect. We'll talk about that next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Any other day, any other set of circumstances, it's not Kevin Durant day. This is by far and away our top story of the day. Because it might change the whole dynamic of what's going to go down for the could. Cardinals with the number three pick it absolutely could in the draft. An arrest warrant has been put out for Jalen Carter, the player, the ex-Georgia star that we all expect to be one of the top three or four players taken in the NFL draft. Certainly a player that has been linked to the Arizona Cardinals. Police have secured arrest warrants for Jalen Carter stemming from the top of the NFL draft prospects alleged involvement in a fatal crash involving a teammate. The Athens Clark County Police Department announced on Wednesday that Carter will be arrested for reckless driving and for racing. He was allegedly 
embracing um, a teammate, an offensive lineman for the Bulldogs, Devin Willock, and recruiting staff member Chandler LaCroix. Those two were killed in what police initially reported as a single vehicle accident. Details of the investigation released today cited evidence that Carter and LaCroix were operating their vehicles in a matter consistent with racing shortly before the crash. Yeah, now... Listen, you have to allow him to have his say, because I think there was a statement from him that he's going to be exonerated and uh, things like that, right? I believe I, that. I have it right here. Let me yeah, read it. Yeah, in read the, the statement and we'll talk about it. This morning, I received a telephone call from, this is a statement from Jalen Carter, received a telephone phone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me that two misdemeanor warrants have been issued against me for reckless driving and racing. Numerous media reports also have circulated this morning containing inaccurate information concerning the tragic events of January 15th, 2023. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind that when all of the facts are known that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. Okay. Close quote. So he is basically saying he's innocent and he's going to be exonerated of all the charges and you know there's the stories that are out there that he was driving a 2021 Jeep Trackhawk and he left the scene before police or emergency personnel arrived, that he returned to the scene less than two hours later. He was asked by police whether he had been racing the vehicle that crashed. Um, he told them that he heard the crash from a nearby apartment, but then later told an officer that he had been driving both behind and beside the SUV driven by LaCroix. Um, but he did deny racing to the officer. You gotta let this play out a little bit, okay? Don't want to absolutely bury this kid in his dreams and hopes of making the NFL uh, until you have all all the information. So right now, this is it's a it's a red flag. It's something you need to be concerned and worried about if you're an NFL team. It's it's an immediate red flag. It means you're going to have to do a lot more homework on on Carter if you're going to draft him. You have to do a lot more. You got to find out. You got to dig to the to the core of this. Um, if he was drag racing and you know a teammate died and someone else died and he left the scene, like okay, that you know that might pull him off of some people's draft Potentially boards. Could out. So that's why I think you just have to wait and you have to let this play out just to see because you don't want to bury the kid until all the information is out. Albert Breer tweeted this out this morning when all of this was going down. NFL teams had a lot of questions concerning Jalen Carter's maturity and makeup that went back well before this incident. Obviously, this would qualify as a pretty serious red flag stemming from a tragic situation. Those in the top five have a lot to dig through on the Georgia Star. Not knowing exactly how this is going to turn out, not knowing whether this is going to, I don't want to use the phrase blow over, but is it going to, is information going to come out that's going to make everybody okay with this or is this going to continue to be a concern? Obviously, you know, and with all the sensitivity required in an incident in which two people lost their lives, you can't help but to think about what this means for the Cardinals at number three. And you can't help but what to think about how this is going to impact teams above them and what the Cardinals are going to do. For example, if the Chicago Bears decide to stay at number one and take Will Anderson and a quarterback goes number two, do you take Jalen Carter if you're the cards at number three? Does this make you more inclined to trade out of the spot and let somebody else make that decision and get those picks and move down? These are all great questions. Um, you're going to have to really do your due diligence on, on Jalen Carter. Look, people make mistakes. You just have to, you know, first of all, find out where was, was he involved? Cause he's saying he's going to be exonerated. He wasn't involved. 
if that's the case, you know, he's got to prove that. Uh, you know, right now, look, my initial thought is if, if, if it comes down to Anderson and Carter, yesterday I was Carter, today I'm Anderson. Okay, I'm not lying. Like, that's my initial thought is I got a big red flag up right now about Carter. I got a big red flag about Jalen Carter leaving the scene of a fatal crash. He's, he's got arrest or warrants issued for him. Now he's. It's not like they're big, they're misdemeanor charges. His charges are misdemeanor charges. Mm-hmm. So if he is guilty, it's not like he's going to jail for a whole bunch of years and he can't play in the NFL. But you do question his character. You question his character. You know, you're, here you are, you just won a national championship. You're going to be one of the top picks in the draft. Why are you racing a car if you were? Okay, if you were. Why are you, why are you drag racing a car? Like, why would you be doing, why would you drive a hundred and something miles an hour? Right. Like, I'd be very worried about drafting a kid like that right now. Now, again, again, but you know, before you, before you just lay this kid out and say, okay, I'm not drafting you and watch him plummet down the draft board, you do have to do your homework and find out if, if, if he's saying he wasn't involved. Okay. Now go find out. Go find out if he wasn't involved. You're going to have to, these, these GMs, and, and departments for the organizations, they just got really busy because they're going to have to do a lot more work on Jalen Carter to decide if he's worth drafting or not. The coincidence of it all is that about 45 minutes before he was scheduled to speak today at the Combine, this all went down. And as this was all going down and as all this information was being revealed and being reported upon, reporters there at the Combine were tweeting out pictures of an empty podium. Like, okay, Jalen Carter is supposed to be here talking to us right and now. Said he was in medical S- testing and yeah. stuff. And and then it was revealed that he wasn't going to speak to the media. As he said in his statement, he's going back to Athens. Yeah, there's a lot of homework that needs to be done. And no, this doesn't automatically rule him out. And and yes, there's you know the amount of work that just went into this kid. It sounds like there was going to be some that was necessary to be made already. It just increased tenfold. I, I, go ahead. Say what you can say. He's going to have to interview with NFL teams before the draft. Sure. Okay. And, and if he's not speaking to the media about it, he's going to speak to NFL teams about it. And and, you know, I'm, I'm going to hire somebody to answer these, to ask these questions. I'm not going to do it myself. I'm going to hire somebody. I need to know if this kid's telling the truth. I need you to be able to read his face. I need to, I need to get to the bottom of this. But he is going to have to talk to NFL teams ahead of the draft. And they're going to ask him about this. They're going to ask him about the crash. They're going to ask him about the arrest. And so he may not speak to the media right now, but he is going to have to speak to any team that's willing to draft him. Now, there's a scenario in which this doesn't impact the Arizona Cardinals at all. And it's actually one that's fairly easy to envision happening. And that scenario was that the Cardinals all along were planning on trading out of three and moving down to eight or nine, swapping spots with a quarterback needy team who wanted to move up to get Will Levis or 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 C.J. Stroud or whatever quarterback is there available at number three. I think there's a really decent shot. I don't want to handicap it because I don't know exactly what the numbers are, what the odds are. I think there's a, a decent chance the Cardinals were going to move out of three and move down to six or seven or eight or nine, somewhere down there, somewhere where they didn't have a chance at getting Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, but because they're going to get a bunch of draft picks to do it knowing that might be what they need to do so there's a there's a scenario there's a there's a world in which this doesn't impact the cardinals at all there's another world in which it impacts them very dramatically because you think of you the bears if you're the bears and you're thinking you're number one all right follow me here on this one you're number one and if you're the bears your dream scenario was to go from one to two and then from two until four 
Okay, and you're going to get all these draft picks from not one but two different NFL teams to do that. And then at four, you were going to take whichever guy was available between Will Anderson and Jalen Carter, and you were going to do it with a smile on your face because you were going to get one of the two best defensive players in the draft and a crap ton of picks to go along with it. If you're the Bears, now you got to go, okay, wait a minute, are we sure we want to do that? We're sure we want to move down to four because what if Jalen Carter is the player that we take at number four? And are we sure we want to execute execute those two trades to move down? So this might impact their willingness to do that. That might bleed over into the Cardinals and their plans and what's available. I mean, the dominoes that get set off from this, it's you start thinking about all the different possibilities. You could kind of lose yourself yeah. in it because there's a lot of options here now how this could affect things. Listen, every team's going to talk to them and you know, you're going to get answers and you're either going to like the answers you get or you don't like the answers you get. And that will ultimately, ultimately determine whether you decide to pass on this kid. It's possible. Like if all of this is true, like it is possible that he could plummet. You know, he was asked, and I'm just reading this out of the Atlanta, Atlanta Journal-Constitution, um, about the about Nolan Smith. The Bengals asked uh, asked him, uh, Jalen Carter, about the crash that killed Willock and LaCroix um, just hours afterwards. Oh, that was Smith. I'm sorry, that was not Jalen Carter. That was Smith that was asked about it, not Jalen Carter. So I'm just trying to read this now at Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The point being is that all of these teams are going to have to determine whether he stays on their draft board or not. There does come a point for even the Arizona Cardinals when they drafted. Remember when they drafted Robert Incomdici? Remember how he plummeted? He walked out a window. He walked out of like a second or third story window and fell to the ground. Keep plumbing all the way down to the end of the first round. That day, I, I you know how sometimes you do this. You, I can remember, like we can remember exactly where we were doing our show from. Yeah, I will never forget. We were on the we were doing a show from like a native wings place doing our draft show. We were in Gilbert on Gilbert Road in Germain. Oh, that's okay. amazing. You remember this? I, and I, I just remember looking at Twitter and seeing the picture of Robert Kimdichi in the gas mask. Right, the bong gas mask, yeah. and I thought, yeah. oh. Oh, was that Tunsil? Oh, see, I already forgot. That was Tunsil. That was, that was with Miami. But that was the same day, that was wasn't Tunsil. it? I believe that was the same draft. And they were both teammates. And so they were both teammates. That's yeah. Okay, so I got to Okay, yeah, see, it was, it was shame on me. So I don't remember it all that well. Yeah, they thought but, that somebody in Tunsil's family, like, ratted him out. But I do, okay, but I stepfather or I do something. remember that was the same draft, and I remember where we were when all that happened. And yeah, Kim Dietschy just absolutely played. He was at one time, remember Mel Kuyper Jr.'s initial mock draft? He was the number one player in Mel Kuyper Jr.'s mock draft. Kim number Dietschy one. Was. He was the number one in Mel Kuyper his first mock draft. He was the number one pick in the draft. And then he like walked out of a window and fell like 15 to 20 feet into to the ground. You know, they had to police and ambulance, transport it to the hospital. He plummeted to the end of the first round. Now, there does come a point where you say, okay, it's probably worth the risk here at the end of the first round. We'll take him. Because if, he, if he's great, awesome. You know, we may get a top five pick here if he's great. And if not, okay. So that we'll see what happens here to Jalen Carter. But Robert Kimdichie, you know, uh, he plummeted after he walked out of a hotel window and fell, you know, a couple floors to the ground. Text your thoughts on how this impacts the draft for the Cardinals. The FanDuel text line is open for you right now at 620-620. When we come back, Booker, KD, CP3, DeAndre Ayton, they're locks. Is somebody locked into the fifth starter spot for the Phoenix Suns? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 
The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Well, let's turn it back over to Eric. He's got a couple of Kevin Durant-related poll questions. One's a poll and one's just kind of an open-ended one that Gambo suggested. Ruby, take it away. What do you yeah, got for us? Yeah, let's start with that one. Well, here at Arizona Sports, we're going to be broadcasting Kevin Durant's debut live at 5 right here on 98.7 in the Arizona Sports app, which means the four of us here are leaving work a little early. Indeed. So we had to ask everybody else, are you guys leaving work early? And the results, a lot of them are. Some say they hope they bo- hope their bosses don't see this, but they're guilty. 100% getting off at 4 instead of 5. I'm about to get real sick at 359 mm. was my favorite one. But our poll question, Bernsey, it's the lines you gave us yesterday. Minutes, 28 and a half. Points, 22 and a half. For Kevin Durant's debut for the Suns tonight, are you taking over or under for each of those? Okay, so 28.5 minutes, mm-hmm. 22.5 points. Over on both, under on both, over on one, under on the other, or vice versa? Under. On both? On both. Okay. Um, I think I would adjust the minutes and go down a little bit if I were setting it. So I would take the under. I, I It's Charlotte, and I heard K-Ray driving in, and he was mentioning like 25 minutes. So I'd probably take the under on that one. I would probably take the over on the points. Mm, lighting it up in a short uh, amount I, of time. I just think he's, he's going to be real loose out there today. No, nah, I'm with you, Bernsey. I think he's going to be real loose out there today. Yeah. I'm with you, and so is 34.3% of our results are saying under on minutes, over on points, but that's not the leader. The leader? Well, they're in Mr. Gambadoro's side. 40.5% say under on both minutes and points. 20.2% are saying over on both minutes and points. Only 5% think he'll play over 28 and a half minutes and score under 22 and a half points, which right. is... Right of the people. Yeah. Alright, well, if you are leaving early, uh, and if you're not able to leave early, don't forget, we've we've got you covered. we got the game right here. We, everything you need to know, John Bloom will have the call. Tim Kempton will have the call in Charlotte, 5 o'clock tip time, live at 5, pregame coverage at 4.30. We'll be getting out of here a little early today so we can get home and watch it, and I imagine we'll be talking about it a bunch tomorrow. Now, obviously, it's, it's about the big four with Booker and Durant and Paul and Eaton. The speculation now, and I imagine we'll get some word on this fairly soon, is that Josh Kogi is going to be the fifth starter tonight. He was preparing on the floor yesterday in Charlotte in a manner that was kind of consistent with maybe somebody who was getting ready to be a starter like that. Uh, we'll see if that's how it is for every game. We'll see if that's how it is for some of the games. You know me, Gambo. I've been stumping for Josh Kogi for the last three weeks to be the fifth starter. Yeah. And that was before he started playing so well offensively. It I, was. I think they need a point of attack defender who's as good at it as a Kogi because I just don't you know, think they need up, that much and, offense. And I'll remember this when you brought up a Kogi. A Kogi, not a lot of people thought that that, that should. I was like, you know what? I kind of don't disagree with you there. I mean, because a lot like at that point you weren't thinking a Kogi was going to be the starter. You thought Damian Lee or Tory Craig, but nobody was thinking a Kogi. He's done a very good job for them, and they don't need offense; they need defense. So I think he fits in real well because he doesn't need the ball. You know, you don't even have to pass it to him, for goodness sake. So you're like, you're, he's fine. He's He'd be a good start. Now, Torrey would be a good option, too, because of the rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I go with a Kogi because of his ability to pressure on the ball. You know what makes me uncomfortable about Torrey Craig? And I think you've noticed the same thing that I have. 
gets a little sloppy with the ball. Turns it over a lot. He gets, yeah. he gets yeah. a there little... There are games where he does, yeah. Yeah, there, there are times where when he's required to be a ball handler, he just gets a little messy with it sometimes. And that, you don't want that undoing anything. Now, Akogi, putting up numbers like this, all right, I, I'm all for Akogi because he's the defender. If he's going to put up numbers over the last six games, five of them being starts, Josh Akogi's averaging 18 and a half points per game. He's shooting 54%, 53% from the floor. He's shooting 40, nearly 49% from three during the last six games. Make no mistake, that's not Josh Akogi. Okay, that's that's not that is in all likelihood not sustainable for a guy like Josh Akogi. No, but when you're in, but do you have any open looks a guy like that gets? I mean, Draymond Green wouldn't be Draymond Green if he wasn't playing with Stephen Clay. There is such a benefit when you play with great players that you get. Why? I mean, Damian Lee's doing really well this year. Why? Because the team he's on, right? I mean, you know, he's got opportunities. That you know, I got the, with Golden State because he was a shooter. The other guys were shooters. This is a good spot to be in because you're gonna get you're gonna get left alone. You're gonna be unguarded. A lot of times. Mm-hmm. Jay Crowder hit two quarter threes. Nobody was guarding Jay Crowder. Worried about Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and Lopez. And so, you know, when you're when you're that fourth guy or fifth guy, y- you are going to get looks that are just so wide open that, you know, other players don't get. You will. And and he and that's something that Monty has talked a lot about for a Kogi to continue to be, hey, if you've got an open look, take it. And that's going to be, I think in some ways, that's going to be the test more than anything for Josh Akogi. If he starts with these guys, like if he really does get all these wide open looks that he probably should, he to will. your point, he's got to take it. Pull the trigger. Don't be afraid to pull the trigger. Just because you're on the floor with one of the greatest players in the history of the game and two of the best players currently in the NBA and one of the best point guards of all time, if you're that open, you've got to take that shot and don't let it yeah. get in your head about hesitating or passing out of that shot. you got to be aggressive out There's there. There's not a coach that's going to have a game plan. We're just going to guard everybody one-on-one the whole game. No, you're not going to have a guy guarding a Kogi when you could you know, double uh, Durant, when you could trap Chris Paul or trap Devin Booker with the second guy. No, I, it's absolutely. You, you, so that's why, you know, the guy that's guarding a Kogi is going to be the guy that's that's going to help a lot on other guys, whatever their defensive plan for that game will be, no matter depending on the side that the of the court that the ball is on, that's what's going to happen. And so Kogi will get wide open looks. If he takes them, he takes them. But they're going to be wide open. Our uh, friends over at Bright Side of the Sun wrote a game preview for tonight's contest. And um, one of the keys to the game that they brought up was something else we wanted to talk about. Speaking of open looks and a guy that I think is going to get a ton of them is DeAndre Ayton. And one of their keys to the game, free DeAndre. They point out that DeAndre Ayton quietly is having a dominant stretch as of late. He All is. eyes will be on Durant and Booker. DeAndre Ayton in February, of which is now March. DeAndre Ayton, 22.8 points per game, 10.2 rebounds on 67% shooting. He's been really good in the month of February. Really good. He has. I, I, I really liked the way he played in that Milwaukee game. That's why I said I thought that the difference was you know, it could come down to, if, if they play Milwaukee again, it could come down to you know him against Lopez. You know, which guy's going to get the better of it? You know, but here's 
you know, he's not shooting the ball as well as he did last year when he shot about 63.5%. What's he shooting this month in February? 67. 67. So he's really picked it up. You know, overall, his numbers were a little bit down, but, you know, he has, you know, it, but now with this stretch that he had in February, he's actually averaging more points than he ever averaged at any point in his career before. The previous four seasons, he had never averaged 18.7. He's averaging that right now. His 10.1 rebounds are the lowest in his career. That's the lowest number. How many rebounds did he average in February? Uh, so you give me the 10.8. No, it's okay. It was 10. 10.8. 10.2. 10.2. 10.2. Okay. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's obviously he's picking up his game. He's playing a little bit better. He's always been a, a high field goal percentage guy. That that number should be a little bit higher than what it is, but that number for February was really good. Yeah, he, he is. In fact, I'm looking at his splits for the entire season. Uh, points per game has gone from 15.4 in October, 17.5, 18.5, 18, all the way up to 20. 23. So if you're going just by month, by month, yeah, he is averaging five more points per game in the month of February than he did any other month at any point in time during this season. Um, he's shooting his true shooting shooting percentage is at a ridiculous number so far in the month of February. All of the numbers are at a and I just think honestly, and this is something else we've been talking about for the last three weeks. I think the acquisition of Kevin Durant is going to open so many things up for DeAndre Ayton because everyone's going to be rotating. Everyone's going to be scrambling. And think about it. This, they pointed this out on Brightside, too. I know Kevin Durant's not considered an elite defender by any stretch. You've got two very fluid, very mobile seven-footers out there, right, who can, re- who can really move their feet. And DeAndre, when he's really on his game defensively, can really do some stuff. And Durant's not bad out there. It gives them this big lineup, too, right? I mean, that, that's the thing that you, you'll see Kevin Durant out there tonight. And we've all watched Kevin Durant. He's Mammoth. He's huge. He's a seven footer. It'll 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 just that will open things up. And I think DeAndre Ayton is going to get a ton of open, easy pick and roll baskets all day long. Yeah, I'm not against Charlotte. I'm not so worried about how the Suns defend them. And, and I, I, there will be other games that I'm curious about that. But I'm more curious is how does Charlotte defend? The Suns. Each game that I watch from this point forward, do you trap? Do you double? Do you, you? I want to see how teams play these guys. What? At some point, you're gonna. You've got to give something up. To be able to try to take something away, you got to give something up. What are they going to give up? Is it going to give? Is it Chris Paul's mid range game? Is it Devin Booker? Is it like? It is going to be fascinating to see how t- defenses play the Phoenix Suns. Right now, we're not sure. I've got an idea, but I'm not sure. But we'll find out you know, a little bit tonight. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. Thank you, Mitch, for pointing this out to me. Pierre Lebrun is tweeting out, hearing that Carolina is acquiring Shane Gospahair from Arizona. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm sorry, Gostasbear. Gostasbear. What did I say? Gostasbear. Whatever. Just call him Ghost. Yeah, Ghost. Shane Gostasbear. Gostasbear. My apologies. Hearing Carolina is acquiring Shane. Say what they're getting for him? Nope. Nope. Not yet. Okay, let me see if I can find out. Nope. Update Elliot Friedman says for a third round selection from Carolina. Okay. That's coming from Elliot Friedman, who you had on the show on Monday when I was gone, right? Yeah. So they got a third for for Gostas Bear. Yeah. Okay. That is Gostas Bear to the Carolina for a third. Yep. That's what's being reported. So the NHL trade deadline. That's a 2026 third. By the way, 
according to Friedman. A twenty a twenty twenty six. Will you even be here at the radio station in twenty twenty six? Will you be retired by the time the Arizona Cardinals use that pick? You'll still be here, right? Um, Barely. That might be your last year here. Maybe I either go out. That's your last year here. If you're if you if go, I pick up the option, if you go with the if you go with the four year plan, yeah, yeah that's going to be your last year here. What? Yeah. Um, it depends on how much guaranteed money is left, right? <laughs> exactly. I might I might I, I might not be here in twenty six. Like that, I might not. It might be the cap space situation we got going well, on here. Yeah, too. Either I mean, twenty five or twenty six is my last year year here. Either twenty five or twenty six. Well, maybe you're here. Maybe you're not. Yeah, we've got some cap considerations we need to make, and, and <laughs> right, we got to we got to work around the cap a little bit. Uh, Yes. All right, so that news is going to kick the down. can down the road. Uh, NHL trade deadline is coming up on Friday, so that news just coming down. When we come back here on the Burns and Gambo show, while the rest of the association going to be watching KD tonight, how are the teams around the Suns doing in the West? We're going to get you caught up on what's going on because there's a lot of stuff to talk about in the NBA. Next on the Burns and Gambo show. And Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Jamie's crying. Clippers are crying. Hornets are going to be crying. Mavericks are crying. The whole NBA West is going to be crying. The Lakers Suns. are crying. Oh, they're crying a lot. They're crying. Pelicans are crying. The Pelicans, the Lakers are crying. Mavs, <laughs> Clippers are crying. <laughs> Process of elimination right now in the Western yeah. Conference. Especially Kawhi and Paul George. Like, why'd you get this guy? Yeah, there was uh, tonight, obviously, is KD night, and we're all very excited about it. We've got the game coming up in, you know, two hours and 11 minutes. Good night, everybody. <laughs> we're out of here. We'll see you later. We're all going home early. Um, and we are. We're carrying it here, and we are going to be off the air early. We're done at 4.30 this afternoon. But you can't... You, you you can't just talk about the Suns. You have to talk about it in context of everybody else because everybody else was very active going into the deadline. And a lot of teams in the West really added some, you know, not anybody like Kevin Durant, although the Mavs added Kyrie Irving. Um, so far, you take a look around the West and whether it's the injuries with the Lakers or whether it's the Kyrie uh, Doncic you know, pairing or Westbrook to the Clippers, there's not a lot going right in the Western Conference for a lot of these teams right now. Not no, a lot at all. Clippers have lost. Let's start with the Clippers. They right. lost 108-101 to the Timberwolves last night. Paul George had 25. Kawhi Leonard had 23. That's their third straight game. It's also the third straight game that they've had with Russell Westbrook. And it's just my man, it's just Russell Westbrook is such a talented player, but he's just not a winning player. And you know, it's just that you know anybody that gets him, a lot of people feel like they're worse off just because they have him now. So you know, they turned the ball over twenty four times. They had a twelve point lead in the first half. They turned it over twenty four times. Um, look, you know, Russell Will- Westbrook. I don't think you blame it all on Russell Russell Westbrook. He's gotten actually some praise for the way he's played, you know, for the team. Um, but man, that's a that's a team that you know you thought was a big challenge for the Suns, and they're really struggling right now. There's just certain guys, and you said it. You said it yesterday. You said it again just now. He's a good basketball player, but is he a winning basketball player? And there's just some guys who are so ball dominant. And, and again, not to make this all about the Suns all the time, but that's kind of the beautiful thing about about Kevin Durant, and even to a certain extent about Devin Booker, is is that they're not like ball dominant the way Luca's ball dominant, the way Westbrook's ball dominant, the way some of these players are. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and they haven't won since they've acquired Westbrook. And that's a team that you talk about a schedule that a team's going to have to face down the stretch, but they got a brutal schedule down the stretch, and it, it hasn't made the difference there. I think the other one to keep, well, there's a whole bunch to keep an eye on. Okay. Let's talk about Dallas. They're one in four since Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic both joined the lineup. Their defense has been deplorable since they've made this well, trade. But again, like, you know, and this is going to be interesting to see, like the Suns, the Mavericks traded one of their best defensive players. They traded Dorian Finney-Smith. Mm-hmm. The Suns traded Mikael Bridges. Now, the Suns got a more dynamic player in KD um, than what the what Dallas got with uh, Kyrie. But remember, Dallas also gave up Brunson, you know, uh, who was terrific for them last year. He's on the Knicks now. He's doing a good job. So, you know, they would be without Maxi Kleber for a long time. So there's a lot of things going on right now with the Mavericks. It certainly hasn't clicked. You know, Kyrie said in, in the Dallas paper today that it was pressure to thrive with Luka. And, uh, you know, he's got to change his style a little bit. So we'll see what happens. I mean, but here's the Mavericks. They, they start Justin Holiday like they started him. That's how bad, like Justin Holiday couldn't get minutes on a team that was contending for playoffs, for the playoffs. And they come out there and they start him. So that's like what I always tell you about the buyout market, like, be you know, beware with the buyout market. I was shocked at that, that they just came out and they started Justin Holiday, and he was on an Atlanta team that was fighting for the playoffs, and he couldn't get any minutes with Atlanta. Kevin Love, you see Kevin Love's first game? He didn't have any points. No, no, he was... He was, didn't have any points. He was brutal. He didn't help a thing at no. all. He started at power forward. He didn't have a single point. Started at power forward for the Heat in their first game. He went 0 for 4. The next game, he went 4 for 11. So he's like 7 for 23. With uh, He's shooting 30%. He's no good. He can't play anymore. Yeah. Like, that's like these bio, you think you're going to get something out of Kevin Love? You're not. But that, but to me, the Kyrie thing is really interesting J- just because, okay, one, the Mavs beat the Suns last year. Two, how long have we talked about needing a superstar running mate next to him, right? How long have we talked about Luka needing that star player to go next to him? And, and, and the Mavs needing to show Luka the willingness to go get that guy to make Luka want to stay. We, how many conversations did we have over the years? of being scared to death that Devin Booker was going to up and leave, right? That he was going to want out, that he wasn't going to want to be there anymore with the Suns. Well, that didn't happen. you got to believe those concerns are real in Dallas, that one of these days Luka's going to say, I don't want to be here. We're not winning. This is not working out the way I thought. And even though I signed the big contract, is he a superstar that a year from now, two years from now, is not going to want to be in Dallas? Kyrie was brought in specifically to try to avoid that, and instead it's gone the other direction on them. It's gone straight south and that's a problem. That's a problem for him. It might be a problem for Jason Kidd. It's a problem that they all have to find a way to work through. That could be a mess in Dallas. They gave up, you know, they gave up a lot to get him. And now they've got to re-sign him. Like their plan is to try to re-sign him. And what if he, what if he has a miserable time in Dallas? He hates it and he says, "I'm not signing here. I'm going to L.A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go play with LeBron and AD in L.A. And I don't even want to be here." Now you just traded those assets and you don't even have Kyrie staying with you. It's a very possible scenario in all of this. And then yeah. you're back to square one. You don't have Dorian Finney-Smith. And then, and then could you don't Google have one Brunson. out because mm-hmm. you can't. You, you promised him a star and you haven't been able to get one. Yeah. Um, the Lakers not only is LeBron James in a walking boot and going to be out for a few weeks, according to reports. Now Anthony Davis isn't going to play tonight against Oklahoma City. He's got a right foot stress injury that has already caused him to miss a chunk of the season.
season. He will not play tonight. No LeBron, a right ankle sprain for D'Angelo Russell. And now Anthony Davis is out. He missed 20 games because of that right foot from mid-December until late January. And it appears now they were probably done anyway because of LeBron. Because of LeBron. This just makes them more done if he can't play. It's all up to D'Lo. Well, it's all up to D'Lo. Can he carry the Lakers to the playoffs? The answer is no. He cannot. Yeah, listen. I think you know. I, I think the Lakers, with a fully healthy roster, uh, you know, could have been a. I think they could have been a team that won a game or two against, like, just say the Suns, a game or two. I don't think they could have won a series. I don't think that LeBron James and Anthony Davis and D'Angelo Russell could have won a series against the Suns. But I think that they could have won a couple, you know, a game or two and made it a little bit, a little interesting. Uh, one other thing from the West, real quick before we take a break. The Sacramento Kings won their fourth straight game last night. They did it without De'Aaron Fox. They beat the Thunder 123-117. 29 for Harrison Barnes. 22 for DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, Darius Sharich, a season-high 21 in the loss for Oklahoma City last night. But the Kings still keeping a little bit of distance between yes. them and the Suns, right? That's the team. If you want to get into the top three of the West, that's the team you're trying to get. It's probably the only team you're going to catch if you're the Suns. And the Kings are maintaining a nice little arm Length distance yeah, right the, now. The big thing for them is is De'Aaron Fox. He was getting an MRI on his wrist injury, and they're all debating like how long he's going to be out. He's got a sore left wrist. They did have an MRI. It said that there was no significant damage. So you know they're uh, they're hoping that he could be back this Friday, uh, maybe at the earliest. But he did, you know he was ruled out for the game uh, against Oklahoma City. The Kings won that game, so maybe Friday they get him back. And then finally, not in the West, Milwaukee. Won their 15th straight last night. Giannis returned 33 points, 15 rebounds. They beat Mikel Bridges in the Nets, 118-104. And Mikel had a good game, right? 31 points. He went on a personal 10-0 run at one point during that game. He's playing at a very, very high level. So three games, Jay Crowder has had 9 points, 7 points, and 2 points. He's played 16, 25, and 16 minutes. He's only shot the ball 10 times in three games. Not shooting the ball very much, but he's also four for six on his three-pointers. So that's Jay Crowder with Milwaukee. Three games. They've won all three, and he's totaled 18 points in three games. The season ends right now, and it doesn't. The Suns would be in a 4-5 matchup against the Golden State Warriors who are probably getting Steph Curry back at some point next week, according to reports. They can't win on the road, so it doesn't matter. They can't win on the no, road. No, they really no, they terrible really can't. And their defense has been deplorable this year, too. When we come back, how should general managers and front offices approach the situation with Jalen Carter? A former GM spoke on it next on the Burns and Gambo Show.